Welcome back. On this Wednesday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. Hopefully uh, you are enthused about your week. It's a weird week. It, it really is. I mean, we've got a lot to talk about, but yet, you know, it's kind of the end of the season and it's always a little bit surreal, surreal when, you know, the NFL completely comes to an end. We're so invested in it for so many weeks, 23, 24 weeks. Uh, more than that, actually, because you look at the draft, you look at OTAs, mini camps, and coaches speak, and then you get to the end of July, and suddenly you're talking about celebrity softball games, and you're getting everybody back together, and you know, then all of a sudden you're back in a training camp. I mean, it, it comes very quick, um, but there's always that lull now where you kind of like I always picture us like you know mindless nomads just walking around looking for the next thing to grasp onto, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> But you've got what? You've got uh, college hoops, which uh, the Badgers got a win and also ultimately ended the uh, the Ohio State coaching career uh, of uh, their head coach. And then you've got the, the Marquette Golden Eagles. They're winning as well, and they're not getting a lot of publicity, and they deserve it because they have had a hell of a season. you got the Admirals, like we had mentioned. you got the Brewers, pitchers, and catchers getting ready to report, and that's always an exciting time of year. So there's a lot happening, and then you've got, like I said, uh, the free agent period will eventually get here. You've got the NFL draft, the combine and such, so it'll pick back up. But this week we just kind of enjoy and take a breath, you know, just what a year, what a year. It's one of those things where you probably look back and you go, if I had to say the top five, and I hate doing that because I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that, but if you go with, like, say the top five things you learned uh, about this football season, what are they? You know, what are they? And, you know, I, I guess one is I learned the Packers are better than what I, what I thought they were. And the talent that they have is certainly a uh, reason for optimism. It, it was impressive. Uh, the What I learned also is that the Detroit Lions didn't revert back to being the Detroit Lions. Kudos to Dan Campbell. Uh, they came up a few plays short, but kudos to Dan Campbell. Uh, they gave... They gave that that town uh, an, an invigorating shot of adrenaline, and you know, had it not been for the fact that, you know, they ended up getting. I was, I mean, I was rooting for them when they went out to San Francisco. I wanted to see the Detroit Lions. If it couldn't have been the Packers, I wanted to see the Lions, and they came up a game short, just like the Packers did. So uh, that was disappointing. But they didn't go back to being the Lions. They are going to be a viable franchise for a while. Uh, the Bears are still the Bears. And they forever toil away in anonymity. Now they're trying to find the next guy who's going to take them to the promised land. In the meantime, uh, did you see the renderings, Grant, of Soldier Field with a lid on it by any chance? I was just looking at renderings for a, a new potential Kansas City Royals ballpark. I didn't know we had one for the Bears. Yeah, the uh, the city came up with a rendering because they're trying to do anything and everything they can to keep the Bears. And there was a rendering... Uh, it wasn't today. It was yesterday. I think I saw it. Uh, that there was a rendering that they would put a dome or a cover on the existing stadium, and then put in turf and give them everything they want and all that kind of stuff. It's is it's as ugly as the renovation was of Soldier Field. It it is <laughs> that city is a toilet. It's unfortunate because I'm going there this weekend, but. Uh, but I'm only going to visit for a day. But, oh, my God. It's like that's the best you can do. It's just it's embarrassingly bad. 
So uh, you got to figure that they are going to be at some point announcing that we're done with Chicago and we're heading out to Arlington Heights and we're going to we're going to build that new stadium there. You got to assume that's going to be in the off season. Well, that's the thing. If you can't make the renderings look good, I mean, the rendering, I mean, the renderings are fantasies. Anytime like city design or or stadiums, they always make it look, if you can't make a rendering look great, what are you even doing? It, it literally looks like they put one of those, I don't know, like if, if you have an end cap on a PVC pipe and the pipe comes down and you've got an outlet and you've got to screw in, you know, that square pegged end in just to cap it so you can you know if you have to undo it to take out a clog or something you can do it or if you want to build a, it looks like they just screw screw down one of those tops on it if you're a plumber you know what i'm talking about you're laughing your ass off but it just it was like what the hell is that it's just so bad it just is so they've got that um the other oh, by the way speaking of uh, the kansas city royals renderings i would hate to see kaufman field go away because it is so iconic, but it is, it needs massive upgrades. There's no doubt about that. Did you know, though, that there was supposed to be a retractable dome, almost like a uh, a Quonset hut type of top that was supposed to slide between Kaufman Field and Arrowhead that was supposed to cover them both? Did you know that? That was the way they were originally designed? I didn't know that. That yeah. seems like it would be hideous and really it was supposed to be on these giant railroad tracks that would slide this thing back and forth and uh, between the two stadiums for particular games which that was the original thank god they didn't do it but it was this just this this half circle arch that slid back and forth that would go over top of both stadiums uh it would either be over kaufman or it would be over arrowhead and that or or gaya gale stadium or whatever they call it now um, it would go back and forth. I just saw that the other day. There's a um, there's a site. It was on either on Instagram or Facebook. That's old stadiums. Uh, it's I don't know. I pay attention to weird stuff. And I like that stuff. But it was old stadium, and it popped up, and that was the original rendering. There was supposed to be a dome between that would slide between those two places. I did see some of the renderings of what would be the new Kansas City Royals ballpark, and they, you know, I hate to say it, but they need it. I love old iconic parks and Kaufman with the fountains and such is is iconic but yeah it's uh <laughs> it's uh it's past its prime so i don't know what they're going to do are, the, the new renderings are they talking about adding an addition and cleaning up kaufman or are they just going to get rid of kaufman altogether it looks like a new spot and it looks like it's downtown because then uh, okay. all the brewers fans got a hold of these renderings and started making tailgate jokes and parking jokes like where are you supposed to park and right. how are they supposed to have tailgate culture you know all that that kind of stuff right right gotcha okay cuz they do they have a t- that, that down there in Kansas City for those who don't know who's never been there uh Kauffman Stadium and Arrowhead they kind of are next to one another and they share these massive lots and they tailgate hardy down there big time down there that's barbecue country and uh, they uh, they they do it like we do it here, and they do it for baseball games and football games. So I, I get it. If you look at it and you go, okay, wait a minute, you know where are you going to tailgate? When you put those things downtown, it does become difficult to do so. But if you have space downtown and retail space, much like the Bucks have with the Pfizer Forum and the surrounding areas, putting in the Trade Hotel and then obviously the Deer District and what goes in next to the Pfizer Forum and such. When you have an investment in that, those are additional forms of revenue, additional revenue streams that you need to keep teams in today's day and age viable for the most part. So I get it. If, if Because look at what the Cubs have done. The Cubs have 
basically they have bought the bars, but everything they could possibly get their hands on around there, they have. And they continue to generate revenue streams down there and obviously going to their own, you know, the marquee network and such too. But they, they're, even the Cubs are trying to figure out additional ways in a city to generate revenue. Um, you know, I remember years ago going to a Coors Field. Now it's kind of changed. It's rotated. When they first built Coors Field, they took all those dilapidated old industrial buildings and they, they built them. And they gutted them, renovated them. There were bars, there were restaurants, the whole thing. And then one by one, they started to kind of go away because they were so dependent upon the summer months and upon the baseball schedule because uh, Denver's Mile High Stadium is not there. That's, that's not in that same area. So those started to go by the wayside. And now they're refurbishing all that stuff all over again. So it, it's kind of cyclical when you put it in a downtown area, so to speak. But, I mean, traditional areas like Fenway, they're always going to have all those bars and restaurants around there and inside Fenway. Same thing with Wrigley Field uh, in those areas. But, yeah, absolutely. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Uh, let's see here. This is from Dan. Dan says, uh, hey, Bill, great show. Love listening to the coach talk about the NFL. Do you think Matt LaFleur is going to feel pressure this year? And when you say that, Dan, I, I don't necessarily know when you say that and ask me that, it, what kind of pressure you're talking about. Do you feel like he's under pressure to win? Obviously. Do you feel like he's feeling pressure to repeat or get better? Obviously. Um, I don't think... He's not – put it this way. Do you think he's, like, entering the season on the hot seat? Because I don't. I Could things go wrong? Absolutely they could. But I don't think – if you're going to have to talk about coaches on the hot seat coming into this season, I think that he would not be one of them. I, I Just to be honest with you. I'm confused as to why any Packers fan would go into this next season with anything short of, like, 100% enthusiasm about Matt LaFleur. Right. From what we I, – I don't know why you'd feel any other way. Yeah, I uh, I could say that, God, you know, Sean McDermott is feeling pressure. Sala is feeling pressure. Um, trying to think who else. Sirianni. Sirianni. Maybe Mike Tomlin. You know? Maybe Mike Tomlin, certainly Mike McCarthy. Because if things end the exact same way, then Jerry's going to say, ah, look, you know, we, we're butting our heads against the wall again. Um, maybe down in Chicago, there's there's some thoughts. If you get a new guy and you still can't win and still doesn't look good, there's no development there, maybe. But beyond that, I, I you know, Matt LaFleur under pre- you know, coming coming in on a hot seat? No, no. The only way, again... And we talked about this midseason, that if it looks like things are breaking apart and eventually they do, then maybe you could say something in that direction. But no, I, I, I don't think he, you know, if that's what you're asking me, I don't think that's correct. But pressure to win? Yeah, I, I think that Packers fans look at this team now and go, wait a minute, this team's got talent. And all you need to do now, if you are truly going to be a player in free agency and you're going to add pieces in what you believe to be an open window right now, then yes, I feel there's pressure to win. But do I feel like he's coming into this season on the hot seat? If they end up with, say, 10 or 11 wins, he's not on the hot seat. No. If Jordan Love doesn't progress and the offense is stagnant and they only win seven games, 
Yes, I think he's on the hot seat. Because then you have to ask yourself as to why. Because if you can just look at the record, you can say, well, how'd you get from point A to point B? Well, if if your quarterback goes down, your running back goes down, two-thirds of your receiving core goes down and you're stagnant, it's understandable. But if you've got all your pieces and it's one of the healthiest seasons that you've ever had, now that you've changed the the you know health and wellness coach, so to speak, your strength and conditioning coach, then you would go, okay, you had all your pieces together, you had your guys healthy, and yet the team took drastic steps back. Yeah, then I can see. But beyond that, no. I I don't think he would. And I don't even know if you're asking as a Packers fan, to be honest with you. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort, Barb wants me to remind you, Cabin Fever Music Fest. Four bands, got Rocker, Fire on High, Neon Detour, and Rapid Transit. It's going to be Friday night and all day on Saturday, two nights lodging, all the bands, and free tappers. You can book online at thefourseasonswisconsin.com. There's only 55 rooms total, and they're going to sell out. So if you want this deal, you're going to get it here. Again, the Kevin Fever Music Fest, four bands. Uh, they've got uh, Friday night, Saturday, two nights lodging, all the bands, and free tappers. You can book online. Go to thefourseasonswisconsin.com. That's thefourseasonswisconsin.com, and, uh, and see for yourself because uh, it's going to sell out. 55 rooms total that are available, and that's it. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Um, James says a Packers fan should be excited about the upcoming season. I, I think so too. 100%. Um, there is, we went through the needs. I, I did this yesterday too. As a matter of fact, I put it over on uh, Instagram and Facebook and over on TikTok. And I said, your top three needs for the green Bay Packers. Overwhelmingly people talk about the defense after that. I'm talking safety. After that, it becomes somewhat sketchy. <laughs> Might be the best way to put it. Um, some say a kicker. Some say a kicker. Others say you need another wide receiver, uh, safety corner kicker, safety running back, um, safety linebacker running back. Uh, this one's from Dan says defenses win championships. We are a player or two short yet. We need a player that, uh, teams have to account for, which can then open up opportunities for others to make plays. We have a very good line, but now I'd like to see an outstanding middle linebacker that can actually stop the run with authority. Then maybe a true left guard and a solid running, uh, back to spell Aaron Jones. A solid safety would be a good addition as well. Um, Chuck says another wide receiver. Development of the tight ends, need a safety. Uh, and then he said the overall improvement of the defense. Rich says both safeties, two linebackers, corner depth, and a kicker. This is what I'm saying. It's, it's, uh, Robert says, unfortunately, we have to say it again. 
they need more help on defense. Defensive players just haven't simply panned out for this team. It seems like we always have one or two first or second round draft choices. They don't pan out, and then years later you're trying to find a third or fourth round guy to actually fill the bill for the guy that you already whiffed on. It happens every year. By the time we finally find the defensive players to get this team good, the ones that are good are going to be on the backside of their career or they're going to be gone because they cost too damn much. This has been a rotational problem, defensively speaking, for quite some time. Robert, that's a hell of an email. That's a hell of an email. Dennis says offensive tackle, defensive uh, tackle, run stopper, cornerback, safety, running back. That's his top five. My point is that, yeah, there should be some excitement. But I'll say this, don't draft a kicker for God's sakes. Bring in kickers from everywhere. Anybody with a leg, start auditioning. I do it right now. I just open the doors over at the Hudson Center. Just come and say, come on in. Just start kicking. Anybody can kick. Can you kick? Sure you can. Can you kick in the National Football League? Sure you can. Okay. I would be ha- everybody as far as a kicker goes. And if Anders Carlson's, you know, kind of pans out and comes back and has a bounce back season, then kudos to him for working on it in the offseason. Absolutely. But I agree with you on the defense there. It, we talk about it all the time, and I know they throw it out and go, well, there's eight first-round draft choices. Yes. But you had guys banged up, and you can't help that. So you didn't have them all on the field at the same time. And I don't know what's going to amount with Stokes. Stokes is – this was just a, a year in which he was trying to come back from some serious injury uh, with that ankle and the surgeries and the pins and the needles and everything else that went in it. And he just wasn't able to do it, whether it was a hamstring or, you know, just wasn't able to come back. And, it, you know, I, I hope he can. But right now you kind of go, okay, you can't count on that, so you got to shove him off to the side. Jair, with what he had and the shoulder issue, has not been available consistently. Got to shove him off to the side. Devondre Campbell tried to play through injury this year. You assume is going to be a, a salary cap casualty. I don't know what the attitude was down the stretch because at one point he said he's not going to bust his ass to come back only to get blamed. His wife was saying the season can't get over soon enough. And so maybe he's not going to be back with the team and then you have to push him off to the side. Now you have to start looking in other areas. You've got to find yourself a legit linebacker. You've got to find safeties. You've got to find safety help. To me, that would be one of the priorities in free agency. You've got to hope that Rashawn Gary... Who came? I mean, he came back. He was coming back from a significant knee injury. It's usually the season after you come back that you get better. So this would be the year that you, you know, kind of expecting Rashawn Gary to have a bounce back season. You know, um, Quay Walker, third year, looking for him to have that upgrade. Take that, take that next step. You know, Devontae Wyatt, take that next step. But I agree with many of you who say you got to continue to add to that defense. Offensively, you can never ignore it. You can't just say, well, we're going to build the defense around the offense. No, you you best available. But you're probably going to need some tackle depth. You definitely need a running back. I would not discount another another weapon, whether it's a wide out, a tight end, whatever. you got two quality tight ends. You don't have to go actively seek for a tight end. But if one falls to you and you believe you've got the guy, then bring him in. Bring him in. Quality breeds competition, and competition breeds better. Always has, always will. You know, it's the guys that fold under the pressure that you don't want around anyway. So, I'm absolutely, if you got to bring in another wide out, if you got to bring in another tight end, I would not be adverse to um, having, uh, you know, a competition for wide outs and tight ends and such. Absolutely. Safety, 
corner, a lot of defensive players, but it's just, I agree with you that when it says that you're frustrated because they keep investing all of this draft capital and stock into the defense, and it's the same, which is why Halfley is here. Can Halfley make these guys better? That's the next question. So good, uh, good discussion, though, over on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and such for people that are looking for what this team obviously needs. And I thought that was interesting. But I agree with you. I, I, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the season. I'm not getting out over my skis, though. I just, I'm not going to do it. We know their opponents for next year. And I'm not going to get out over my skis on that. I, I think you – what, what, what is a realistic win total for next year, Grant? when you start to think about next season and who they're going to play. What's a realistic win total? Well, 10, maybe? Well, they're not going to play a first-place schedule because they didn't right. win the division, so that'll help. Their, their schedule will be marginally harder in some of those kind of go-either-way games where the NFL has some say in, in matchups. They'll probably play some right. more big-stage uh, primetime games. I, I would say 10.5, right? Mm-hmm. I think if yeah. you go over 10.5, it's an overwhelming success. If you go under, depending on how it looks, it could still be a success, too, but... Like 10 and a half. I'd probably start yeah. there. Think about the home games when you start to look at the wins and losses. Bears, Lions, Vikings, we know that. Cardinals, Texans, we know that. Houston, or, uh, excuse me, uh, Colts. Then you've got the Dolphins, the Saints, and the 49ers. That's a tough home schedule. Away, you've got the Bears, the Lions, and the Vikings. The Jaguars, the Rams, the Eagles, the Seahawks, and the Titans. That's, boy, that's that's not an easy, it's not a first-place schedule, but that's not an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination. Let's just say Bears twice, Lions once, Vikings once. There's four. Cardinals, Colts. I don't know about the Houston Texans. They're, that's a hell of a team. Saints, there's seven. Jaguars, do they get the Jaguars on the road? Do they beat the Seahawks on the road, Tennessee on the road? Say Tennessee, and then take your pick with L.A. or or the Eagles or the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's that's not an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination. Do you think Lambeau's going to be rocking a little bit louder next year than it has been maybe yes. in recent years? Yep. I, I think the Lambeau crowd will be back on a level yeah. that maybe we haven't seen in a bit. But when you think about that, I just went through this whole thing, and there's question marks. And as I'm going through it, I'm looking at my fingers, and I'm like, I just picked only eight wins. Beat the Bears at home? Yes. Beat the Lions at home? It's a good question. Beat the, beat the Vikings at home? We'll say yes. And, and again, this is way, way, way too pr- premature. Beat the Cardinals at home? Yes. Texans? Maybe. Colts, we'll say yes. Dolphins, depends on when you play them, whether it's in the cold or in the heat. Maybe. Saints, we'll say yes. 49ers. Regular season, they've had a little more success than they have in the postseason, but the 49ers and Shanahan have been the nemesis. So you got what? One, two, three, four wins and four maybes. Four wins and four maybes out of that. Four wins and five maybes, excuse me. Four wins and five maybes. Then you got the Bears on the road, five wins. 
Lions on the road. We'll say if you split with the Lions, that's your that's your win. Six wins. Vikings you split with seven wins. Then you got to get a win out of Jacksonville, L.A., Philadelphia, Seattle, or the Titans. Titans, okay, maybe you go in that direction, get another win there. That means you got to get a couple of wins between Jacksonville, L.A., Philadelphia, San Francisco, Miami, Houston. Those teams. That's who you got to you got to kind of split with, and you got to pick a couple of wins up along the way. It's not going to be an easy season. It's not going to be just a uh, roll over them and automatically ten wins. Interesting stuff. Uh, let's do this. We'll take a quick break. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. I will say this though: when you get the uh, Houston Texans that come to town, you talk about two young, up and coming, ascending quarterbacks. That'll be a hell of a matchup: C.J. Stroud against uh, Jordan Love. That'll be that'll be that'll be a fun one that a lot of people tune into. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you, the Bill Michael Show. We are back. And uh, so is another year of the oldest continuously operating uh, drag strip in the world. That's Union Grove, Wisconsin, Great Lakes Dragway. Season pass is on sale right now for the 2024 race season. And whether you want to head down there and uh, run yourself, which is either your car, your motorcycle, what have you, or you want to go down there and check out all the action, that's our friends at GreatLakesDragway.com. That's GreatLakesDragway.com. Uh, in Union Grove, Wisconsin, 262-302-2138, 262-302-2138. Again, Great Lakes Dragaway down there in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Good, good stuff. If you got the need for speed, that's the place to go, or at least one of them. We've got a lot of great tracks all throughout the great state of Wisconsin. All right, we haven't done it in a while, but it's time for Buy or Sell. Let's do it. In the world of sports, a lot of people say a lot of things. Who is on crack? I want Iguadala. But what passes the big unit test? It's time for Buy or Sell on the Bill Michaels Show. Time now for Buy or Sell. Grant Bill's in the studio bringing it today. What you thinking? I don't know if I'm bringing I'm I'm doing my best. I don't know if I'm bringing it. <laughs> I don't know my fastball today. I am am uh, I wrong in saying that when we got back from Vegas, we kind of went, whew. Well, so my first thought when we got back from Vegas is, who the hell am I supposed to ask to come on this week? We had them all last week in person. Right. So, like, yeah. that's that's been my challenge this week. Uh, it has right. been nice to catch our breath a little bit. I have two yeah. Super Bowl questions for you and then a baseball one to wrap up because pitchers and catchers are reporting today. So let's start okay. with digging through the rubble of the Super Bowl a little bit. Everyone's talking about Mahomes and Kelsey, Spag, Steve Spag- Spagnuolo, who got, by the way, a contract extension today. They announced it. I want you, Bill, to try to put yourself in the shoes of a Niners fan, okay? Okay. Buy or sell, if you had to blame one person or one thing for this loss, this week you would be blaming Kyle Shanahan. Oh. If I had to blame one person, I would blame Christian McCaffrey. Really? For the fumble? Yeah, for the fumble. They were driving. They were right there. You punch it in, that's a whole different ballgame. 
So if I'm going to blame one person, um, I, I look, I understand the overtime situation and what Kyle Shanahan's trying to explain. I get all of that. But if you don't let it get to that point, that does not become an issue. And the fact that Christian McCaffrey coughed up the football as they were driving, uh, I would probably say I'd go with Christian McCaffrey over anybody else because he coughed it up at the most inopportune time. And you look back at plays throughout a game, and you say, that's going to hurt you. And that that one hurt. Uh, I thought when Pacheco coughed it up, and that took momentum completely away from Kansas City, but they regrouped. It didn't seem like the 49ers totally regrouped. They just kind of chugged along, but they had a golden opportunity to grab the momentum and start to feel it, and they didn't. So I would have to say McCaffrey. Well, the, the Niners at one point in the first half were up 10 to nothing. If they don't right. fumble that ball away, they could have been up 17 to nothing yes. or 13 if they kick a field yes. goal. Right. It's still Patrick Mahomes on the other sideline, but right. you would have a bigger cushion to work with, and maybe you can absorb like a special teams mistake. I guess that question more so, Bill, was just a way for me to ask you, like, how much do you blame Kyle Shanahan? H- how much crap do you think he needs to get for this loss? I guess that's basically why I asked you that. Uh, yeah, I... I... Look, I get it. I get what people are talking about. I get that you gave Patrick Mahomes four downs. I don't think I would have done it. I mean, logic would tell you not to do it. But they also moved the ball down the field. Had it not been for a holding penalty, chances are they probably punch it in. Mm-hmm. And they could still be playing. So, I I don't agree with his philosophy. But I still think if you don't get to that point, you take that philosophy out of the mix because you're not talking about the same game at that point because you put if you punch it in you're up 17 to nothing and Kansas City is now shell-shocked I think that would that would have been we keep talking about the ability to deliver the knockout blow to the champ that would have been the knockout blow I don't think it would have totally put them into submission but it would have it would have dug them in a hole in which you're a you're a three possession oh you're three possessions from at least coming close to tying the ball game so I, I think that would have been almost delivering the knockout blow early on. So I would have to go back to the fumble more so than I would the philosophy of, of Kyle Shanahan. But you know what? Kyle Shanahan's philosophy was right there for everybody to analyze prior to him even making that decision. Because you just assume that he's going to take the football or that uh, they're going to uh, pass on the football and then they're going to come back and know what they have to do. Because everybody just saw it, thought that. He had a different look at it. But if you don't get to that point, you never bring that decision into it. I love that answer. I think the McCaffrey, that's a very that's very interesting. I didn't expect you to go that way. Buy or sell. Next is the NFL draft. You mentioned the Bears earlier and some of these quarterback needy teams at the top of the draft. So they own the Panthers pick, which is why they're at number one. And they also have Justin Fields under contract for one more year. Let's say, for the sake of this topic, that the Bears draft Williams and they can't really get what they feel is a fair return for Justin Fields. Buy or sell, Bill. The Bears should just keep them both. Go into the season with both quarterbacks. Why not? Why not? I I, I would not. I'd buy that. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Justin Fields is then looking over his shoulder. Caleb Williams. But here's a problem. I would do it as a franchise. And then, but then again, you also know as any franchise wanting to deal with you that you've got to move one of those two guys. You're not going to go an entire season with egos being beat down. And Caleb Williams, we all know, is already a head case. He's going to, if he doesn't get the starting job, he's going to become more of a head case. So I would do it. 
Unless, of course, somebody sweetens the pot and really says, okay, we're going to give you this. Otherwise, I, first of all, they're not going to do that. But secondly, I would not have a problem if they said Justin Fields is our guy and they get a King's ransom for Caleb Williams. I, I just, I think Caleb Williams is unbelievably talented. I am questioning his head. You talk about a guy that wanted a piece of the organization. I mean, this guy's arrived and he hasn't even arrived yet. He wants part of the organization. It doesn't can't understand why he can't get it. He's been shielded from criticism because his coach won't allow people to talk to him and ask him hard questions because he can't handle it. He's been seen on the on the sideline when things don't go his way, blowing up and crying. And he thinks the pressure is going to become less once he starts making serious money in the National Football League, and he's already getting paid. So I I I got a few questions about Caleb Williams, but if if I'm the Bears and I can't get the deal that I want, yeah, I I do it. I do it in a heartbeat. If you ran, say, the Falcons or another team that's got a great roster but you need a, a quarterback, what do you think would be a fair trade? If, if you were to call and try to trade for Justin Fields, what would you give up? I'm curious. For Justin Fields, yeah. I would take – you're probably going to give up a couple of ones. Really? Yeah, because if you're desperate for a quarterback, you're desperate for a quarterback, and they know that. You're probably going to give up your first-round draft choice this year, your first-round draft choice next year, um, maybe even more. But because Justin Fields has given you the glimpse of this guy can actually play, especially if you feel like you've got a, a strong coaching staff that can coach this guy better than what Getsy and company have been able to do as a quarterback coach and such down in Chicago. So if you believe that you've got somebody that can really cultivate a quarterback – then yeah, I would I would do that because that's that's your franchise quarterback. But I, me personally, I don't think I would give that up. But if you're you're Atlanta, he's better than Desmond Ritter. You know, he's better than what they have. He's going to give you more wins, and you've already got a run game that you believe you can rely upon, so he doesn't have to do everything himself. So I I do that in a heartbeat. Interesting. Buy or sell. Lastly, we don't need to get too into the weeds on this, but the Brewers last year won 92 games. The Cubs won 83 games. Added Craig Council. That's about it. The Brewers added Reese Hoskins. They also lost Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, but Brandon Woodruff wasn't healthy much of the year last year, so I don't know that that's a a huge difference from last year to this year. Buy or sell. There's no way that the Chicago Cubs win more games this upcoming season than the Milwaukee Brewers. Just on paper... I would say there's no way, just on paper. Um, now, obviously, injuries begin to play a part of that, but just on paper, I would say no. I, I, I couldn't believe that the Cubs are going to take that kind of a leap and the Brewers are going to take that major of a step back. I mean, could it happen? You get a little bit hot, sure, but I would. I still think the top two teams in the division, the way it stands right now are, and, and I hate to say this, but it's the Brewers in Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened to St. Louis. St. Louis has talent, and it just never—it was never realized last year. And they're running it back. They did—I mean, they made a couple of moves, but they didn't make anything drastic. They've got a lot of—they got a lot of money on that roster. So you got to look for some of those guys like Goldschmidt and such to carry that team and to really kind of even be better than what they were last year. So I still think it's going to be between the the, the Brewers. And Cincinnati, if Cincinnati gets any kind of pitching at all, I think Cincinnati's going to be a really tough team to beat. I think the Cubs are going to be right kind of where they were last year, battling Cincinnati for for second. Uh, But I still think it's a Brewers division to lose. 
I think it's it's a bet on organizations, right? Do you believe in what the Brewers do or do you believe in what the Cubs do more? Because I think both teams are imperfect. I think the Brewers roster is better, but I also just am a way bigger believer in the Brewers and how they do yeah. business than I am the Cubs. I Here's the problem is I think Craig Council is extremely smart, not just in handling the, the team on the field in the dugout, but I think he's also – he works really, really well with the GM and understands the analytics. And whoever they decide to go get at what – you know, if they believe that this team's on the rise, uh, the Cubs obviously have more money and more capability to make a deal than what the Brewers do. Now, the Brewers have a pretty strong farm system, and that's the, the ace in the hole that I think the Brewers' farm system might be a tick better than what the Cubs have. But the Cubs have been stockpiling talent as well. But Cincinnati's got a terrific minor league system also. So um, – I still think the Brewers are the team to beat. I don't think the I think it's between the Brewers and the Reds. I don't think it's between the Brewers and the Cubs. That's just my my thought. But the Cubs are going to be they, they're still going to be in the rearview mirror. They're not going to completely falter and go away. But the, the Cubs are still going to be in the rearview mirror. I, I believe that. All right, that's by yourself. You that's all I got. All right, there we go. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Don't go anywhere. Got more coming up right after this. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Bill Michaels show. Continuing on. Good to have you on board today. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. Jim Polzine, uh, the state journal going to be joining us coming up here in about 20 minutes. Stay right where you're at for that. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Um, I wanted to, to kind of bring this up. Um, I'm sitting here, I was reading of uh, the teams that are expected to take a fall coming up in 2024. And I, I, I thought when, when it comes to the NFL, um, the Cleveland Browns, they went 11 and six Browns. One of the surprises in the NFL last season, starting five different quarterbacks, making it to the playoffs Joe Flacco, obviously, he won the NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Went four and one in five starts. Came off the couch in late November to take that team to the postseason. And uh, Deshaun Watson getting uh, back in you know twenty twenty four. We'll see. Maybe he can earn part of that two hundred and thirty million dollar guaranteed contract. He's not lighting it up even before he was lost for the season with that shoulder injury. Hasn't been the same quarterback since he signed with Cleveland. The Browns had. The number one defense in points allowed per possession, but uh, it's going to be changes to that group as well. Cleveland has to clear up $19.6 million in cap space. It also plays the AFC North, and that division is where every team was over five hundred last season. Uh, don't forget. So it, they're expected to take somewhat of a fall back, and mainly because that defense, they can't keep it all together because they're paying their quarterback so damn much money. Uh, meanwhile, the Saints... Uh, Saints over 500 last season. They were a disappointment as they were expected to roll through the NFC South with Derek Carr, a quarterback, and the favorable schedule. Uh, they typically have a chance in a poor NFC South, but 
they're stuck in cap hell for at least one more off season. The, the Saints, they have to shed. Think about this: eighty three point seven million in salary cap space. Think about that. And they don't have a lot of players they can move on from to save that cap space. Since uh, General Manager Mickey Loomis kept restructuring deals and pushing dead money to uh, future off-seasons, uh, the Saints, they can make a lot of designated posts and post uh, June 1st cuts. But how does that make your roster better, right? But $83.7 million in cap hell. Then there's a yeah yes Grant. Well, I was just going to point out. Remember, this is with Derek Carr at quarterback too. It's right. not like like the Packers pushed out money with Rodgers. Imagine pushing that much money out for Derek Carr. It's just right? dumb. It's so dumb. Exactly. Exactly. It's crazy. Uh, then there's the Denver Broncos. The Broncos more than likely going to move on from Russell Wilson this offseason, leaving the franchise thirty five and a half million if it designates Wilson as a post June first cut. And that pushes back significant dead cap money. But Denver's still $21.4 million over the cap. So, you know, changes are coming. The offense, 21st in points uh, per possession. Defense, 28th. Uh, it, it just wasn't a good thing. So they're expected to take a step back. Then there's Minnesota. Uh, the Vikings primed to take a fall from that 13-4 and record in 2022. And they did. We all know that. But Minnesota has excellent pass-catching talent. Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, T.J. Hawkinson. Um, But don't forget, T.J. Hawkinson went down. He may be out for the majority of the season. ACL and MCL surgery as well. Then there's Kirk Cousins. He's a free agent. He was kind of the glue, so to speak. Uh, Do the Vikings want to really pay him more than $40 million a year to a 35-year-old quarterback who has won in his entire career? One playoff game. One playoff game. So, uh, they're, they're expected to take a fall. The Giants, uh, that team isn't getting any better anytime soon. But if you look at, say, the top five teams that are expected to take falls this year, that's the top five according to CBS. And they've already come out with teams that aren't expected to do well because of a lot of salary cap situations. But the Vikings, not only do they have – they got a little bit of money, but they got to make a determination on their quarterback. Uh, you know, if they're going to pay Cousins, they're going to have to pay Cousins, and he wants guaranteed money. Although he may not be able to get that at this point, coming back from that injury, but but he wants the guaranteed money. So there you go. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We'll take a quick break. We're going to come back, get back into all of this. Uh, don't forget, coming up after quarter after the hour, we're going to talk with Jim Polzine of the State Journal. He's going to join us. We'll talk with him about this as well. Uh, about not this, uh, but we'll talk with him as well about the Badgers and what we witnessed, and we'll get a little more Badger-esque, so to speak, as the Badgers, uh, not only did they beat Ohio State, but <laughs> they uh, they gave the head coach the exit. He's out. Holtman gone. There you have it. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Don't go anywhere. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. 